All righty. Uh, it is uh, great uh, to have all back here in this uh, new year. And uh, certainly one of the leading uh, guests you could ever have is talking about the economy. No better person than my next guest, Dr. Martin Cantor, the director of socioeconomic policy for the island. And uh, always great having him in his perspective. Uh, Dr. Cantor, it is great having you. Happy New Year to you, my friend. I hope all is good. Uh, happy New Year to you. And, let, and let's hope uh, this year will be better than last year. My goodness, uh, we need it absolutely, Marty. As we as we kind of turn the page uh, and everything else, you know, no matter. I, I hear all kinds of sides when people are so called experts talking economy and everything else, and still the thing that really bothers me is the struggles with people, everyday people, the paycheck to paycheck, the sixty plus percent of this country living that. Way and even though I hear another side saying, you know what, uh, we got a great economy here. Really, uh, <laughs> nobody cares what Wall Street is registering at thirty-seven thousand plus at this point. It's a matter of putting food on the table and living a normal life. That's what I think most people are thinking. No, I, I, absolutely. You know, we're being told that uh, inflation is down, which it is. Uh, you know, the core inflation is about a point above what the Federal Reserve target of 2% is. However, when you add, and I love the fact when they say, we're taking out the volatile food and energy costs, and that's how we get to the 3%. But when you would add the food and energy costs, you're up with a 4% uh, inflation. So uh, that's what people are feeling. I mean, inflation is down, yes, but, the, but all the high prices are remaining. Uh, you know, rarely will a business... Uh, or a retailer, uh, once the prices go up, reduce them voluntarily. Uh, they'll only reduce it if the demand comes down and they got to reduce the selling prices to move their inventory. And that's not happening yet. Uh, the other thing that's, that's really fueling uh, the high prices is um, people are, are spending on their credit cards. Credit card debt went up to $1.1 trillion, which is, which is a record high in 2023. And yes. And the total household debt is over $18 trillion in, uh, by, at the end of 2023, and that is a record. So what's happening is that, when, you know, the economy is, is yes, uh, people will say the economy is doing well. However, it's being built on debt, and that debt, the, the price on that debt gonna, really has to come home soon and probably sometime in 2024. And that's when we're really going to see what the economy looks like. That's an excellent point. And, you know, the thing is, uh, I kind of made that same point yesterday. I was driving around, had to do a little shopping in the Target. I uh, wanted to do a Target, saw one of these super Targets. A ton of people in there, Marty. And after we got in the car, my wife says to me, you know, I don't know. You, 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 couldn't, you can't tell if we're struggling here. I mean, people are shopping, and they're still shopping. It's not like, you know, Black Friday and everything else in Christmas season. People... You you just nailed it, and I even stated the same thing. People are using their credit cards. We are a trillion plus in debt and everything else. Record highs with the credit. That's what you are seeing here. People still have to live, uh, Doctor Kenner. Right? I mean, that's really what it's all about here. But they are using their plastic in order to get. Yeah, by. And the hidden time bomb really is the fact that credit card debt is over uh, the interest on it of the unpaid balance is over twenty percent. So, uh, uh, and people are just ignoring that. So what's going to happen is, that, is either going to be a lot of personal bankruptcies or a lot of writing off of credit card debt, but that's not sustainable. People can't, because what that really does is you're paying 
you're paying 20% more for your product at the stores uh, by, by going on credit card debt and not paying off that debt every month and accumulating the, uh, the interest charges. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really tenuous uh, position that, that consumers are in, and consumers are 70% of the economy. And when they spend money, that drives manufacturing, which, by the way, is down a little bit. Uh, productivity yeah. is up. Uh, you know, they're producing more product uh, for the salaries that they're paying. Uh, the real wages have, da- have gone down 3%. That real wages mean adjusted for inflation. So when you see uh, people are getting 4% increase in wages, what that really tells you is that's not really an increase because inflation is 4%. So they're just uh, treading water. So uh, wages, uh, real wages have gone down, debt's gone up. Uh, that's not a formula for a strong economy. No, it's not. And the wage, that was my next point, the wage does not equate as far as what's out there right now. That's part of the problem. You know, people would love to kind of get on that level of uh, the inflationary period and everything else, but you know what? It's impossible. Uh, Nobody's going to have an equating wage to what it's really like out there, and that's also the issue. You know, and the other thing is, uh, uh, in New York State, minimum wage is now sixteen dollars an hour. Sixteen, so, uh, yeah. And and look, just put it, you know, plainly, sixteen dollars an hour is about forty one thousand dollars a year in in payroll. If you live on Long Island uh, and you have to pay thirty percent of your uh, uh, gross pay for for uh, uh, shelter. So that's like twelve thousand dollars a year is thirty percent. So, so where are you going to find an apartment on Long Island for a thousand dollars a month? You're just not. So, so minimum wage really, you know, uh, is it, it, not even a sustainable wage for those. But minimum wage, uh, in effect, is being used as a career path for a lot of people when it shouldn't be. It should be really uh, to sustain you, so you can go to school or get other skills. So you can get higher paying jobs because, uh, you know, the trades, the building trades, all the trades where you use your hands to make things, they're paying a nice salary. So people on minimum wage should really be doing that. But they're not. They're hanging out, you know, and and the classic example is McDonald's, and you get this special meal. It's now $20 to go into McDonald's to get this special meal. I think the Big Mac is close to 10 you know. um, uh, I could be wrong, but close to that. So when you start seeing that... Then people, you know, the, the other restaurants are increasing their prices as well. So it, uh, all this stuff, uh, uh, the economy is really uh, is not being driven by supply and demand. It's being driven by uh, government fiat, and that's never good because an economy by the government, when government gets involved in an economy, it only makes it less efficient in terms of supply and demand. And we're in, we're not in an efficient economy at the moment. No question, Dr. Marty Cantor with us. So, Marty, what is, what is it going to look like with the minimum wage at 16 uh, and everything else? Uh, what about the proprietor out there, the the, the guy who owns the uh, the pizza restaurant? What happens to slices? Are we going to see these types of goods go considerably up based on the wage right now? Well, I just bought a pizza yesterday, $22, nothing on it, just cheese, you know. And, uh, and that's 22. That's going to go up. Uh, the other thing that all prices, uh, you know, every place where the minimum wage has gone up, and remember, the min- minimum wage is really the floor for, uh, for wages earned by people in other occupations. So uh, theoretically, uh, those wages should go up. And if that happens, then prices go up, and people decide what they want to buy and what they don't want to buy, and forces them to make choices. So, uh, 
you know, that's what we look for uh, as we go forward as proprietors deal with it. The other thing is uh, if the price, if minimum wage goes uh, is going up and the cost of labor goes up uh, and the profit that a proprietor can make goes down, he's going to let people go. So you're going to see a drop-off in uh, employees uh, in, in those jobs where there are primarily minimum wage cause, because those have to be transferred to, to prices that proprietors pay, and then that goes into customer loss and things like that. So theoretically, a long story short, I've said a lot of stuff, but sometimes minimum wage equates to uh, job losses. No question about it. So the, the centerpiece, Marty Cantor, for all of this is how our government pretty much acts, and I'm talking about borrows and spends. Uh, if you do an excessive amount of borrowing and an excessive amount of spending, thus that equates to what we're all in here right now, correct? Absolutely. In fact, the national debt is up to $34 trillion. Uh, when the president came in, I believe it was uh, in, in the uh, uh, 26 to $27 trillion range. Remember, he passed the Inflation Reduction Act and the American Rescue Plan, and those things were about $5 trillion. So we keep on borrowing and spending, and, and that's, putting, you know, that's putting pressure on, on interest rates. So far it hasn't, oddly enough. Uh, the Federal Reserve has done a good job in, uh, uh, in, in keeping the money out there and uh, keeping the money supplied, but we're printing out too much money, and, and the debt keeps on going up, and the Congress and the President don't seem to care very much about the debt going up because the last budget deal, uh, uh, allowed the ceiling, the debt ceiling, the national debt ceiling, to exceed $34 trillion to keep on going. So uh, there's no control on government spending, uh, and the more government spends, uh, the, you know, the more stubborn inflation becomes, because when you borrow money to sustain an economy, which is what's going on, the biggest, you know, just listen, the biggest job creator last month was government-created jobs. And that's not how an economy, a healthy economy, operates. There should be uh, creation of jobs in manufacturing and, and services and finance, you know, and retail. But it's the government, which was the number one increase in jobs. And that's not a good sign because we're borrowing money to create the jobs, and that's not healthy. No, it is not, Dr. Uh, Marty Cantor uh, with us. That's a national scene. Marty, so we got Ted Romaine now in the seat of the county executive uh, in uh, Suffolk uh, County. Uh, Steve Malone terminated, terminal, excuse me, uh, basically termed out, my goodness, uh, <laughs> God forbid that last one I said, but yeah, uh, but in essence, how do you see county finances? Where does Ed have to make his mark uh, in order to control? Now listen, uh, it's a derivative of all that's going on as we're discussing here, but you know, you look at the state of New York and it is not healthy. Taxes through the roof, mass exodus, people are leaving, people can't afford it as far as what's going on. You look at a massive deficit uh, as far as the state is going through right now. But how could Long Island do its part, especially right here with a new leader in Suffolk County? Well, first of all, I- I've known Ed, for- Ed Romain for a long time, and he's a really decent guy, and he'll do, he'll do a fine job. But we have to be able to to uh, differentiate between the Long Island uh, uh, municipalities and and uh, uh, the state. The state is governed by right. progressives from New York, from New York City, and 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 those progressives never saw a dollar that they didn't know how to spend. Uh, and, and everybody knew 
that there would be deficits in the state budget coming forward uh, because we were spending, the state was spending all that go- the, the federal government money. But, but instead, uh, even though the governor has increased reserves, uh, the, uh, the, the New York City-led uh, uh, legislature uh, continue to spend money. So, and they're going to be loath to cut taxes. So we're going to hear things in Albany, oh, let's tax the rich, pay your fair share, and stuff like that. But people are forgetting that New York State lost, last year, lost 100,000 people. And, and those are the higher wage earners. Those are the ones who pay the taxes. And, and they're saying they've had enough with New York State and, and, and uh, their finances, and they're leaving. And over the last four years, we've lost 400,000 people in the state, and they're primarily the wealthier people. So the state has some real problems. Uh, getting in Suffolk County, uh, had it not been for the, uh, the American Rescue Plan and, and a, half a, million, a half a billion dollars that, uh, that uh, Steve Ballone got and Suffolk County got during his tenure, the Suffolk County budget would, be, would have gone down, in the, gone down in the tubes. Uh, there was not enough money. So, so uh, you know, the, uh, Ed Romaine is, got to take a, is going to be taking a look at, uh, you know, at the budgets and the expenses. And uh, because, the, remember, the state can issue debt where the, to cover its operating, but, the, but, the, uh, uh, but uh, Suffolk County can't. So, you know, we're gonna have, he's going to have to take a look at the reserves. Uh, uh, the only thing that bailed out Suffolk County uh, in, in terms of running deficits uh, during the past couple of years has been the federal dollars, all that free money. That free money's gone. And uh, while there are reserves uh, set aside, Remember, we have a four trillion dollar budget uh, in Suffolk, so there's going to have to be a you know fine tooth uh, comb to look at the budget. Plus, we're going to have to start expanding our tax base. Uh, we're going to you know we're going to have to do some something better in terms of housing uh, to bring in taxpayers, so we can expand that tax base, so uh, we can reduce any future deficits which Suffolk County might face. No question, I'm picking IDAs as well, Marty. You know, to get some of these businesses. Uh, lure them here. It's a tough task. Uh, you're right. You know, when people are fleeing the state as they are here, I mean, record numbers, my goodness. When you have deficits uh, and, and and everything uh, going on, and listen, uh, the asylum seekers are invited in here. You know, you got a, a price tag of maybe $12 billion by next year if, if this thing uh, doesn't start to wane properly. That all weighs very heavily, uh, not only on the state, uh, but for the suburban areas, such as where we are right now, uh, yeah, that all is into this equation. Absolutely. I mean, Mayor Adams has has done just an abominably bad job uh, with the migrants. I mean, he stood there and said, come on to New York, and now he's saying they yeah. can't come. I mean, he's just been a miserable public official. And, and, and you can see Governor Hochul has washed her hands of him, and she's not going to go down in a sinking ship with him. Uh, so that's caused some major problems for the city. And, and the reality is, you know, uh, uh, nobody bails out Long Island in the state legislature. I mean, we've got to make deals and twist arms to bail anything, bail the, our region out. Whereas, whereas right. Adams seems to think that the, the Long Island region has to make up for his mistakes in governance. You know, and that's, and that's a real problem. Uh, in terms of uh, of how the migrant uh, problem is is being handled, you know, in the city. But but again, this is the national security issue. This comes from the Biden White House, which again has has turned its back on the problems in the southern border. We have three hundred thousand um, uh, migrants 
most of them will be illegal because very few file for asylum. Uh, and they they poured over the border last month, uh, and and they're coming into into the cities, and, and a lot of them are coming into New York, and nobody is paying attention. We don't even know who they are, and that is a real failure at the national level and at the Biden White House for not you know for not taking uh, into account because really protecting the the American people are the number one uh, task of any government. And and it just seems by allowing all these uh, migrants coming in, and like I said, almost all of them will be illegal because a lot of them will not file for asylum, and they'll disappear into the economy. You know, and 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 then you you have you have uh, you have progressive governments like in Boston, where the mayor there says she wants you know she wants non citizens to be able to vote. I mean, that is the height of absurdity, and and that's that's more of a concern in terms of where we're going. As a nation, when you when you see stuffing like that, and ultimately everything has an impact on the economy, and the economy has an impact on everything. And what we're doing is we're replacing higher-paying workers in New York State who are leaving the state, and what are coming in are are the uh, migrants who who will be earning minimum wage. So what does that do for our economy? It's a net loss to the economy, and that's something that and and that's something that has to be look, taken care of both at the federal uh, federal, state, and New York City level. Uh, listen, I agree. Three hundred and two thousand plus the record encounters, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is an, uh, an unbelievable number, uh, and uh, no end in sight. No end in sight. Still one of the number one issues. Uh, Marty's right, and I've said this. The border for me is the number one issue. Um, that uh, certainly is a derivative of a bad economy. I mean, you're talking about everybody flowing in here. Uh, to these parts, you have the schools just inundated, uh, and quite frankly, the answer. And I agree with you what, with what you said about Mayor Adams. Uh, he is in De Blasio territory without question, and uh, if he's not careful, he will take the mantle. As far as the trophy is concerned, when all said and done, I'll tell you that much. Uh, when all said and done, they haven't done enough as far as crying out to fix this problem. Uh, you can't be a sanctuary city and just welcome in everybody in the beginning and all of a sudden now say, hey, need more money. No, it's not about needing more money. It's stop the flow. That has to be done. You haven't heard that. You haven't heard that from our leaders. It's all about trying to expedite work permits. That is their answer, Marty Cantor, to fixing this problem. Well, you know, what I, I, I heard on the news, and, and, and we'll see if it's, you know, if it's validated today, but uh, uh, Adams said that uh, uh, buses that carry the migrants have to give 32 hours notice before they come into the city. Can only drop people off between 8:30 and noon, which is like crazy. Uh, so what the buses are doing is they are coming up and they're dropping everybody off in New Jersey, and then the migrants take the trains into the city, into New York. So so this so 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 uh, 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 Adams' policy, which was unrealistic to begin with. Is just is just a fantasy now because the migrants are still coming in, you know, and 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 tongue in cheek, Adams is making us wish for for De Blasio. That's how bad he is. It's terrible. And, it really is a very tough situation. Say again, Marty. I didn't hear. And De Blasio was not good at all, so it's making us wish for. Well, that's for what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're rivaling each other as being the worst leader. In the history of New York City, yeah, from a exactly. mayoral standpoint, 
Yeah, it's it, you know. It's, I mean, it's terrible. And, and you know the other thing, it really is. What what Ed Romaine said yesterday: public safety, make people safe, make people uh, Suffolk affordable. Uh, the police in New York don't do anything. They lost their uh, their immunity. Uh, they, they won't be backed up by the DA. Uh, the uh, uh, you know there was a report uh, 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 that uh, the the crime statistics when they say crime are going down, uh, all the crime statistics at certain uh, precincts are being downgraded, so the precincts look better. Uh, so so who knows how good the data is in terms of the safety in the city? But uh, but if you talk to people who go into the city, they don't feel safe. You know, and, and and the city can't survive if people don't feel safe. And uh, that is uh, it's a big problem right now, without question. I'm worried about businesses even wanting to come here at this point in time, uh, oh. which is another boost to a, to an economy. Absolutely, uh, you have an that, is, uh, that that really is anti-business uh, for what they yeah. did. Gene from Queens, when Amazon could have set up headquarters in Queens, uh, what he did with that, what what. Uh, Ocasio Cortez did. They just they just pummeled the businesses. Uh, Long Island hasn't had one major corporate expansion since Computer Associates, which I did with Pat Halpin in 1989. There hasn't been a major major expansion relocation yet. Just one recently, right now, one company has expanded its workforce because they're bringing in manufacturing from China, which was very good news. But that had but but they did that because their customers demanded made in America. We are we are in a uh, an expensive region to live, work, and play, and and the workforce uh, is leaving the region, uh, going to other places, and businesses traditionally follow where the workforce is, and that's why we haven't gotten any new major businesses in the region, and that has to be changed. Excellent point, Dr. Marty Cantor. He does a job and a half as far as the economy the director of uh, socioeconomic policy here on the island. Uh, so great having you to start us off this year, and we, we look forward, uh, Dr. Cantor, to many uh, conversations here in 2024. Well, it's great to be here on the first day of the new year, Jay, and, and uh, best wishes to you and everybody else uh, listeners for a really nice, healthy, prosperous uh, 2024.